Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you ready to receive tonight? Or are you full? Have you had enough? I know you've been blessed for the past couple of days, but have you had enough? You still have space to receive. If you have space, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Again, it's my honor to be here. I want to celebrate and honor the patriarch and the lion that row us over this spiritual tribe. <laughs> God's servant, Pastor Paul Adeparasin, and his firebrand wife. <laughs> Such an honor to be here. I don't take it for granted. I want to appreciate God's servant, the dear man of God, that is preserving the heritage of God even in this den. I call it a den because it's a dwelling of lions. Please celebrate in adventure, but present in the spirit, Pastor Uche Aigwe and his wife. Glory to God. I sincerely honor and celebrate all the House on the Rock pastors that are here. Made it from very far locations to come share fellowship. It's a spirit of love and brotherhood. I'm inspired to say this, and I honor you all for your labor of love. Particularly, I want to celebrate God's servant, Pastor Abel Avila Uloko. <laughs> Pastor Abel is a mentor. I've known him for a couple of years now, and his life and ministry have been a tremendous blessing to me. And today is such an honor to minister while he's present. Praise the Lord. Because we have just one hour, and there is a height we must get to in the spirit. <laughs> there are many things that can be taught on earth, but when you want to do spiritual business, you will meet on the mountain. Spirits utter their oracles from heights in the spirit. And so tonight, we must ascend. <laughs> And the beautiful thing about the last day church is that the latter rain is not for a few. He said, ask of me rain in the time of the latter rain. I will cause bright clouds. And I will cause rain to fall on every blade of grass. The era of superstars is over. God is raising an army. And so every one of us must be fitted with armors of warriors. Because there is a shout of a king that is about to thunder over his people. And everyone that sustains the heart of hunger will be caught up in the spirit. Can you lift your hands toward heaven and tell the Lord you are ready tonight for a flight. Talk to the Lord. There are places where we put compartment aside. And we begin to journey in the spirit. Because the one before whom we've come... He's a king eternal. He's a king immortal. And everyone that comes before him has one salutation to prostrate. Because his excellency has no match. Even the 24 elders that are decked with glory, the only way they salute him is to prostrate before him. And so tonight, if you are ready to interact with that endless oracle, can you lift your voice and speak 
and shout and scream and call upon the name of the Lord. You reign, you ancient Zion's king, Kadosh, Kadosh, you are mighty on your truth. You reign, you ancient Zion's king, Kadosh, Kadosh, you are mighty on your truth. Have your way. No one is permitted to limit you tonight. Have your way. Do, do that which only you can do. And take all the glory. Presented before you tonight are hungry hearts. That will stop at nothing. Until they look upon your face that shines bright. And brighter than the sun. Pour upon us like a river. And let's interact with an avalanche of your spirit. Take all the praise. Take all the glory. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Sit down. I'll do a recap of five minutes. For the benefit of those who are not here in the morning. And then I will touch a few things for another 30 minutes. And then we will allow God... To pour out of his spirit upon us. Are we in agreement? And so we began in the morning. If man had not fallen. The greatest preoccupation of man. Would have been a search and a pursuit after the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is man's greatest possession. The reason man begins to embark on endless pursuits as an attempt to satisfy the vacuum of his soul is because of the gap that was created on account of the fall. The knowledge of God is not just an acquaintance. The knowledge of God is a substance of the spirit that is allocated to humankind as a possession and an asset. The dimensions of God are past finding out. And so even the angels till this hour are in pursuit of more of God. The possession of the essence of that being and that deity is what gives value and relevance to creation. Apart from the knowledge of God, all that will be left will be mundanity. 
vanity upon vanity. Nothing will have value because substance in the spirit is how much of God you carry. And so we began in the morning by explaining that before God began the project of creation, He was. And so God is not primarily a creator. God is more than a creator. But you see, one of the adventures that He embarked upon in a bid to derive pleasure was creation. You know, when you want to derive certain kinds of pleasure, you may need to step out of your environment and travel probably to the Bahamas. And when you look upon the blue beach and the skies, it will bring you some form of experience and succor that will make you derive pleasure that you cannot tell. You will spend your money, you will spend your time to achieve that. The reason you pursue after certain kinds of pleasure is because it's a nature that was ingrained on your inside. That man also requires certain kinds of satisfaction in order to find some level of rest. And man is not the only person that has such tendencies. Before God began creation, there were many other business of God that God was involved in. That is not allocated to creation to understand. But when he wanted to derive pleasure, because there was nowhere for him to go, because he is his environment. Because before God was, there was nothing. So God was not just a being, he was his environment. So God could not travel around the way you will. So he began to the act of his wisdom and creativity. Different kinds of projects that will give him the kind of pleasure that he could not find in traveling around the way you will do. So the angels, the 24 elders in Revelations chapter 4 from verse 11, they said all things were created for thy pleasure. That means God's adventure in seeking pleasure was what necessitated his creativity to be activated to start the project of creation. And on the strength of that, every man that will be relevant in the ecosystem of creation will be a man that knows how to find God and to bring pleasure to him because that was the reason for which he was created. But you see, God is so boisterous that even eternity cannot contain him because eternity itself is a reality that dwells in God. Because God was before eternity was created. So even eternity is not sufficient to host the person of God. So even in the heavens, the fullness of God cannot enter heaven. Heaven can't contain him. So once and again, the glory of God visits heaven. And when the angels look upon him, they think they have exhausted him. But they see him and they see a different dimension and they worship. When they are done worshiping and they lift up their faces again, what they see, they've never seen before. And so they worship. So even though the 24 elders have 24 thrones, they don't sit on it. It's a waste of time. Because when you look upon that oracle, when you turn again, you see another dimension. The glory and the avalanche of his presence is enormous that heaven can contain him. So once and again, God visits heaven with different dimensions of glory. I don't have time to tell you the technology of the visitations of God to heaven. The reason God is clothed with crystals is because crystals reflect light and God is light. God actually dwells in the realm of light. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 10, when Jesus ascended, he didn't go to heaven. He said he went far above heavens because there is a dwelling of light. 
that God himself dwells. In that dwelling, God is his habitation. But once in a while, in order for creation to experience his dimension, he visits heaven as thunder and lightning. He visits heaven with glory. And the angels, having realized that relevance in the spirit is how much of God you have, will continually absorb him through worship. So when the 24 elders bow, they are interacting with the dimension they have seen. But eternity is insufficient to host God. Now, eternity is a realm that time does not have a power in. Because it's a perpetual continuum. And if eternity cannot host God, that means time will be many thousand times and billion times more limited in hosting God. And so because time cannot host God, once and again, he fragments his reality into moments. Those moments that he fragments his reality into are what we collide with and we call encounters. Because there is such a thing called a Kairos. <laughs> there is such a thing called a Kairos moment and a Kronos moment. The Kronos time is the moment that God allows you to dispense of the encounters that you have had in the Kairos moment. So the Kairos moment are the most strategic seasons in existence. Once and again, when God wants to release dimensions of his glory into the realms of mortals, what he does is that he interjects time, he interrupts time, he breaks into time, and he allocates a dimension of his glory into time. Wise men that know the way of encounter, what they pursue at those moments in the spirit. So it's that the sons of Issachar, they had understanding of times and of seasons and knew what Israel ought to do. So the power of the Issachar generation is the ability to find the moments of the spirit where the glory of God is trapped. And when they find it, they tell Israel that there is a treasure here that you must find. Because if you lose that moment of encounter, the next Kairos, Kronos moment will be wasted. The reason you struggle for four years is because you lost the encounter in which the glory of God is allocated to empower you for four years. So when you miss that moment, the next moment will be struggle until another window comes where God allocates his dimension. So encounter are moments of the spirit where interaction with divinity is possible. Encounter are moments of the spirit where God decides to break into the realm of mortals so that they can have interaction with him and become like the mortal God. Because what God had in mind when he began the project of creation was not to create another angel. God was done creating all things. And the angelic realm manifests different kinds of glory. But after he was done creating all things, his creativity wouldn't let him rest. He thought of what to create, there was nothing. When you look upon Lucifer, the glory that he carried was beyond measure. He said he was clothed with ten stones, diamond, jasper, sapphire, carbuncle. All the stones we pursue and we put a pinch of it on our neck and feel important. The guy was dressed with it. <laughs> so when Lucifer shows up, sometimes you see the reflection of diamond. Sometimes you see the reflection of jasper. So the creativity of God was sufficiently dispensed in the angelic realm. Michael is a symbol of power. When Michael shows up, he doesn't need to define power. If Michael enters this auditorium, the sign that he has come is that everybody will be slain because of the energy level that he represents. When Gabriel shows up, you will just know because he's a custodian of mysteries. So the wisdom of God was sufficiently dispensed in the creation of the angelic realm. But God was not satisfied. And God said, this time, I don't want to create another being. I want to create myself. So when God created man, he actually recreated God. 
So what God did was that he wanted to see creator walking as created. That was the only way he could be satisfied. That's why he said, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. And when Jesus came, he said, ye are God's, because you are the children of the Most High. And if you say you are God, unto whom the word of the Lord came, and the scriptures cannot, the scriptures cannot, because it's a canon in the spirit, that man is a God, he in flesh. The powers of God, the wisdom of God was dispensed in totality when he created man. Because man is God living out in human form. Now, the only way you can activate the potentials of God that you carry on your inside is when you interact with him. It's like a resonance effect. So when we have encounters, what we walk into is that we step into layers of the God life. We step into layers of divine possibilities. The reason we seek encounter is because it is an encounter that the God dimension on your inside is unlocked. So a man who can take a nation can be struggling in penury, not knowing that resident in his spirit is the power to rule a nation. But an encounter is the only basis by which those powers of God that are locked in his bowels can be activated. This is why we pursue encounter. Because the first thing encounters do is that they release the God life. They release the God life. And I told us in the morning that there are six cadres of life. There are six cadres. Please sit down. Time is a body. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... Even if we don't finish the journey, the Holy Ghost will descend here. Don't worry. The ones we can't say, they will come to you by spirit. Do you know, when you want to teach, it's like writing out a document. When your teaching cannot suffice, then God brings a spiritual photocopy machine. You don't need to write. When you see, you become. Tonight, I want to talk to us about the provokers of encounters. What makes encounters to happen? But, just to let you know that the price you need to pay to get an encounter is necessary. Let me just list out five purposes of encounters. The first purpose of encounter is to improve the quality of your life. Most of the things you learn were already adulterated before they came to you. What I'm sharing with you, even though you are inspired, it's an adulterated reality. Because I cannot transmit it the way I captured it in the spirit. I'm man. So when God wants to truly change and impact on the quality of your life, what he does is that he gives you an encounter. He brings you into reality. And when you look upon reality, you'll become exactly like what you see. The first time God began the project of man, man had an encounter with the hand of God. So God gathered the clay together. And the clay became flesh. Now, that man functions by blood. That is the lowest realm of life. 
when you function by blood, you are ruled by your feelings. And anything that attacks your blood will attack your life. But when God finished, God brought that man to another level of encounter because he wanted to improve the quality of his life. So he didn't only interact with him by hand. He now breathed into the man. And when he breathed into the man, he shifted the man from the realm of blood to the realm of bread. Now, the life of the bread is the soulish life. And that's why your mind is superior to your body. And your mind can control your body. The encounter of the hand produces the flesh. The encounter of the bread produces the soul. The soul is superior to the body. And when your soul checks out of your body, your body will fall down dead. So your soul controls your body. Now, when God wanted man to go further in spiritual value and relevance, he planted a tree in the Garden of Eden called the Tree of Life because there was a third level encounter the man was supposed to have. But the man did not have that encounter. He went into fraternity with the serpent. And when he had an encounter with the serpent, he fell back from the soulish realm to the bodily realm. That's, the need. That's why atonement was activated. Because at the premise of blood, every man can function there. But when Jesus came, that which the man did not have in the garden, he brought it to him. So whoever receives Christ, receives life, and he grows to another level of reality. So every encounter we have shifts us and improves the quality of our existence. You have an encounter, you function like a man. And then you keep having an encounter, a day comes, you begin to function like a God. When God met Moses, he was just a man. A man that ran away from Pharaoh. The same way most of us are intimidated by circumstances. But a day came, the same Egypt Moses ran away from. His physique was the same. But they came back and said to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me. Pharaoh did not even contemplate for a moment to kill him. Because the person talking is not a man, he's a God. Encounter have changed him from a man to a God. And in Exodus chapter 7 verse 1, God said, I have made you a God unto Pharaoh. So what that encounter came to do for Moses was to metamorphose, to create a metamorphosis within Moses that changed the elements of Moses' life and body from a man man to a God man. And that was why Moses ruled in the realms of men as though he was an immortal. I told them in the morning that the point came, Moses became so mighty that even the loss of God was called the loss of Moses. And the point came, the Bible you read that is called the word of God, is called Moses. And he said, when Moses is read. So Moses is no longer a man. Moses has become an immortal. That's why even when Moses died, the devil came to fight for his body. The body that should be buried, you don't, people like that don't decay. They have interacted with glory too much that even their body is relevant. And if you put Moses' body in hell, it will be one of the greatest artifacts in that museum. Even if they are tormented with fire, when they look upon Moses, they will be delighted. Because it will be a testimony that God is around. Encounter changes the quality of a man's life. There is a realm that God invites sons to. It's a realm of the manifestation of the glory of God. That's why he said the earnest expectation of creation. He waited for certain kinds of people. Sons that now become the reflection of their God. You know, he said, God who had sounded time and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophet, as in this last day spoken to us by his son, who being the brightest. That means a son is not just a one that has the DNA of the father. 
The son is one that has embodied the father and he can reflect him. But you cannot enter that level of the expression of the God life until encounters transform you. When men live like men, it's a testimony that there is scarcity of encounter. So the Bible said, my people perish. Not because I am no longer their God. Not because they are no longer my people. But there is a lack of knowledge that has created a spiritual lacuna that makes it impossible for me to reflect through them. So when God wants to bridge that gap, what he does is that he summons them again to the mountain of encounter. And then you see a feeble woman that looked as if life was over for her. Suddenly she sees something in the spirit. Something speaks to her in the spirit. And when she looks closely, that's the similitude of the divine. And that woman that was hopeless and frustrated, begging everybody, all of a sudden she wakes up and she becomes a Deborah. And she becomes a warrior. She becomes a judge. And you wonder, what happened? An encounter happened. You are not disadvantaged. You only lack encounters to make the difference in your life. When you have sufficient encounters, what you call a disadvantage will become a blessing. Many times because we lack encounters and the quality of our life is not sound, we look for environmental advantages. A man who has encounter, even if you send him to a village, it becomes an opportunity for him to shine. Because where men run from is where he shines. But today, because of the scarcity of encounter, even men who are servants of God are looking for greener pasture. When men look for environment to determine the outcome of their life, they are endangered. That's why Lot was endangered. Sons don't want that. They walk into inheritance. When you find God, you can be with your father-in-law, having a good time, getting married and, 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 and giving birth to children. That encounter will tell you, go back to Egypt. And this time, you are not going to Egypt as a beggar. You are not going to Egypt as a fearful man. You are going back to Egypt as a God. And then men wonder, what happened? Encounter happened. Encounter happened. The quality of my life changed because encounter happened. And when encounter happened and my life changes, I cannot influence my environment. So it doesn't matter what goes on around me. I create the change I want to see. Encounter improve the quality of a man's life. This is why we press and pursue after encounters. Number two, encounters reveal to us the futility and the vanity of life. If you have not had encounters, you will pride yourself in things that perish. And when your value system can be defined by perishable things, it means you have a what in the spirit. But you see, man was not supposed to be bought. Because he has already been bought by the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus has nothing to compare in time. But every time a man begins to build his confidence on earthly things, he has changed the value of his life. From the blood of Jesus to that thing that is pride and custom. So if you don't have encounters, your life will be compared to the things that give you value. And if that is the value of your life, then even a demon can bargain you. Because the only thing they can buy in the spirit realm is the blood of Jesus. And that was what was given for you to be bought. But when you don't have encounters to know that I don't need to have a car to be a king. You'll be looking for a car to determine your value. And when you have a car, you want the whole world to know that you have a car. It's a testimony in the spirit that you have not found yourself. And when a demon sees a man who has not found himself, he has a prize. 
Paul said, I have learned to abound and to obey this. I can do all things through Christ which changes me. My value is not in mundane things. Thank God for the car. Thank God for the job. Thank God for the money. They are all instruments for advancing kingdom. But with or without them, I'm basking in joy every morning. Because I'm a king. I'm a king. My value is not in natural things. He has made me a king and a priest. Is that if God withheld not his son, but gave him freely for us, how shall he not with him give us all things? Somebody ask you, what are you what? I'm what Jesus. That's why Jesus was given for me. I'm what Jesus. And if I'm what Jesus, is he a car that will determine my value? No. A car is an instrument. I'm what Jesus. What are you what? I'm what Jesus. You are not a wretch. Jesus will not be given for a wretch. You are what Jesus. Your value in the spirit realm is the blood of Christ. Because you matter to God. And when you know you matter to God, even when the chiefs are down, you will stand up and say, as a king, I have power with God and I have prevailed. Because the way you will change the circumstance is not by crying, it's by talking to it. Say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast away. And if you do not doubt in your heart, but if you don't know your value, you will doubt. Because it will look as if you are not worthy of it. It will look as if things cannot change. But if you know who you are, because encounters have made you to know, nothing can move you. No matter what happens, you will be like Zion that cannot be moved. Men are futile. Men are vain. Men have no value in the spirit because they have traded their spiritual value for mundane things. For mundane things. So it's when we, we have something to show in the flesh that we think we have arrived. No. The day Jesus bought you, that was the day you arrived. And you will not have anything greater than that. The vanity of life is the undoing of the fallen man. He thinks. Things define him. No, things don't define you. Only God defines you. But it is encounter that will teach you that. It is encounter that will teach you that only God defines you. Only God defines you. Your value is in God. Many times you see people and they, they, they are treated like animals. And they think they are being helped because they don't know who they are. It's not money that gives you value. It's God that gives you value. But it's only encounter that will make you know. Do you know why a lady would go and give up her virginity for money or for a grade in an exam? Do you know why a man will lie and compromise to win a contract? Because he thinks his life depends on that contract. When he realizes that he is worth more than everything around him, nothing can move him anymore. Whatever happens, he will stay still. He will stand with God and God will come through for him. Because he said, I have not called the seed of Jacob to seek me in vain. Encounters will separate reality from vanity. And a man will choose reality because he has seen through the light of God. Number three, encounters. We reveal to you your purpose and your calling. You will not read your purpose in a book. It is the one who designed you that will read your purpose to you. And so many times, if you read through scriptures, a generation can be made of billions of people, millions of people, but only few stand out. Because only few know their purpose. Your purpose is the original intention for your creation. Your calling is the strategy for fulfilling that intention. There is no way you can find it until through an encounter. The blueprint of your destiny is revealed to you. When your purpose is revealed to you, you will find rest. Competition will die. Anxiety will die. Because you know you are not running with another man. 
you are running according to the blueprint of your destiny. Somebody else can start a church and prosper, and God didn't tell you to start a church. You will be satisfied. There will be rest, because at the end of the day, you know you are on a corridor to eternity, and it's on the basis of that you'll be evaluated at the end of time. Purpose and calling is what gives man value in eternity, and they are revealed through encounter. Now, if you know that your purpose and your calling can only be revealed by encounter, then you will pay the price to have one. You will pay the price to have one. Many times people live their lives by luck and chance. Many times people live their lives hoping that somebody will have mercy on them. Because they have not found out why they came here. If you know why you came, you will deploy your all to fulfilling it. Many times people are, are not serious with life. They are loose and lackadaisical about life. Because they don't know the urgency of purpose. They have not discovered why they came. They don't discover it. So life for them is just a function of chance. No, you are too important. Jesus wouldn't die for your destiny to be a function of luck and chance. There was a definite purpose why you came. And when you have the encounter of your destiny, you will find that purpose. You will just walk out and you will know what to do. The Bible said concerning Jesus, he himself knew what he should do. Nothing was trial and error. The strategy was well defined. And can you imagine, the strategy for Christ was the cross. It wasn't palatable. It wasn't desirable. But he had seen it in the spirit. He couldn't deny it. The Bible said as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. His raiment glistered. And there appeared with him Moses and Elias. And they told him what he must do in Jerusalem. So even though he didn't want it, the encounter has already sentenced him to that path. Because that was the path of glory for him. Many times, you will choose the easy way out at the expense of the fulfillment of your destiny because you didn't have the encounter that let you know that you are not wrong it may be difficult today but you are not wrong stay there after a while it will speak the vision will not happen when you find men compromise so easily they've not had the encounter of their destiny they don't know why they came and god has not given them the strategy so they want to do the one that works we are not looking for what works we are looking for what is prescribed and when we find what is prescribed, it will not only work, but in it we will find ourselves in God. Number three, number four, encounters will empower you to institute spiritual civilizations. A sent his word to Jacob, enlightened upon Israel. When God calls a man, it's beyond the man. Many years ago, the patriarch encountered God. Probably he was alone. We are all gathered today because a tribe have come out of that encounter. If God meets a man, is beyond that man. Because God is too big to do business with a man that has a lifespan. Everything God do does not have a lifespan. It must be eternal like God. So the only way it can be sustained is when that vision is immortalized. And the way visions are immortalized is when they are institutionalized. So when God called Abraham, he wasn't just looking at Abraham. He was looking at a tribe. He wasn't looking at a tribe. He was looking at a nation. Until the end of time, Abraham will remain relevant. Because God used him to pioneer another order. God used him to pioneer a nation. When a spirit encounters a man, he wants to establish his dominion on the face of the earth. So you may look like one young man today that doesn't appear to be anything great. Wait until the encounter of your destiny comes. When that encounter comes, after 10 years, that one man will become 10,000 people. After 20 years, that one man will become a million people in 50 nations. And before you know it, even when the man leaves time, that encounter will still be a testimony on earth. 
That encounter will remain because through that encounter, God has pioneered civilization. A day comes when precedents emerge from that encounter. And so the hope of a nation will be dependent on that encounter. A day comes where merchants emerge from that encounter with different philosophies of economics that will change and shape the world they find themselves. All of that was captured in that encounter. So what makes, an, what makes a man immortal is the nature of encounters he has. When you don't have encounters with God, your life will end with your lifespan. If you want your life to transcend your lifespan, then you must have an encounter that puts a signature of immortality on it. Someday, you will leave. You may not even keep your asset for anything. You will give it out. But the things you have brought into your world will not leave the world. Did you read the story of Rangad Bonke? When he finished, he handed over to Daniel Kolenda. But forever and ever, Africa cannot appear in Zion unless the chronicles of Rangad Bonke is read. He poured out his life as a drink offering. And many today who are calling on the name of Jesus, they gave their hearts to Christ on his campaign. So Rehabonke has become an immortal nation. He has become an immortal dynasty. The testimony of his life will outlive time. And even in eternity, when the warriors of heaven are called, his name will be mentioned. And in heaven, he will not just be a man, he will be a tribe. Because when you call Abraham in heaven, Abraham is not a man. Abraham has become a nation. So when a spirit wants to create a system and a civilization, what he does is that he encounters a man. He puts that reality in that man and he goes to rest. So long as he burdens that man, that thing he put on that man will become a nation. Because he knows how to chronicle in the future. He's a wise spirit. So everybody that seeks God for an encounter is making a testimony that my life will outlive me. My reality will not end with me. When I bow out of time, I will still remain in time. I will not go out of time. For eternity, I will be in time. Because I've had an encounter with an immortal spirit. The 15 encounters do is that it restores intimacy with God. Because what man truly lost was intimacy. What man truly lost was the presence of God. What man truly lost was the glory of God. When God wants to restore his glory and his presence in a man's life, he begins to bring that man visitations. He begins to bring that man visitations. And the point comes, that man becomes God's embassy on the face of the earth. When you step into his space, you step into a spiritual radar. When you step into his space, you step into an atmosphere. When you step into his space, you step, step into a government. Because God will now tabernacle with that man. It will be difficult for a man to carry the presence of God sufficiently to affect his generation unless he begins to have encounters with God. And I told us in the morning that there are four major encounters every man must have. One is an encounter with the Father. Number two is an encounter with the Spirit. Number three is an encounter with the Son or with the world. And number four is an encounter with messengers of God that have been sent to you. We live in a generation where men are taught to ridicule people that God sends. It's one of the strategies of the devil of robbing a generation of our heritage. Because when God wants to visit a people, many times he doesn't descend as thunder and lightning. The last time he did, the people ran away. When God wants to visit a people, 
he sent a man. He said he sent a man before them, even Joseph. But they didn't know him. He said they despised him and they sold him for a servant. He said, but until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent for to lose him, even the ruler of the people. He made him lord of his substance and ruler of his household. To teach his senators wisdom and to bind his princes at his pleasure. A point came. Israel was saved because of that man, Joseph. They thought he was a little boy. They didn't see a messenger of God. In Hebrews 13 verse 2, it said, Be careful to entertain men, for by so doing, many have entertained angels. The guy can look helpless today. The guy can look useless today. But he may be the man God has sent into your future to preserve you. He's in your house today as a houseboy, and you think he's nothing. There is a testimony about the late Archbishop that inspires me so much. I look upon every father today, and all of them have the testimony of the Archbishop. He was not the most anointed in his generation, but he knew how to impact men. He was so powerful in his days, that when you look at the glory of God on his life, you will think this man, when he's tired of living, he will go to heaven like Enoch. But the point came, he just left. But when he left, he didn't leave. The signature of his life was on many people. And so even though he was absent, his absence was not felt. Because he knew how to change the life of many people. Men are sent to people. Men are sent to generations. You must be careful to discern the men that are sent to you. Many times, and I'm beginning from here because when we are teaching the subject of encounter, many people are waiting for light to appear on a mountain and call their name, Peter, Peter, the Lord desires you. It may not always happen like that. Many times, when God wants to change your destiny, the encounter you will receive will be a messenger that he sends to you. Because the God that Joshua saw was Moses. Because when you are discussing the subject of encounter, many people will not know that the old woman that is by their house is the woman that has the word of the Lord for them. They go out of the house, they despise her. Even when the Holy Ghost is prompting them, honor this woman, they will despise her because they are apostles and prophets. Meanwhile, the word for your next level is in the lips of that old woman that you see every day and you care nothing about. The encounters that men miss the most are the encounters that men bring. Many times, people will not miss the encounter of white light in the spirit. But a thousand times, men will miss encounters that come in the form of men. The most predominant kinds of encounter that people receive are encounters with men. It's on rare occasions that a spirit will appear on a mountain. The easiest encounter to have is the encounter with men. The encounter with men will cost you not much. Just honor them. Just honor them. And the things they represent will speak in your life. When you want to encounter God, it takes a lot. And that's what I want to share in the next, in the next three minutes. But the easiest encounter to have is with men. Sometimes it's even your pastor. When your pastor is coming up every Sunday, you don't know it's an encounter service. You are waiting for when they invite a prophet from another nation. And everybody is fasting and hoping that God will meet them. Meanwhile, every Sunday, there is an encounter before them that they don't discern. They are waiting for a popular apostle. That apostle may be coming for your meeting tired. Because he has many other engagements. He's coming for your meeting just to have a moment with you. There is an angel that the Lord has kept there. When John went to heaven, 
God told him, I will not visit the seven churches. Go and tell the pastors of those churches. They are the encounters to those churches. But many times, men miss the encounters with men. Every man that you see may just be the man God wants to use to help you. But will you discern them? It is the eye of pride that blinds us from the encounters with men. If we will shift that lens of pride, we will be able to see God in every man. Because there are men that carry specific life-transforming words for our destiny. Most of us will come for this conference hoping that something will happen to us. Your own encounter may not be in the auditorium. You may just leave the conference and God has positioned your encounter in your office on Monday. And then while you are hoping, how come many people were blessed in the conference? I wasn't blessed. Your encounter was already planned, pre-planned, waiting for you in your office. So that you wouldn't need to labor to have it. But when you get to your office, can you discern your encounter? Can you find God in the people around you? The subject of encounter is not just about spirits. Because spirits manifest themselves through men. But many times, men will fail. The Bible spoke in Genesis 18. He said, Abraham sat at the gate of Mamre. He was meditating there and he said he saw three men. The Bible didn't call them gods. He said he saw three men. And Abraham rose up and said, Sirs. He invited them to the house. Even when they refused coming, he insisted. That was the encounter that changed Abraham's life. It was in that encounter that Isaac came. It was in that encounter that Lot was delivered. One single encounter with men altered the life of Abraham. You will be thinking that Abraham will see God on Horeb. Abraham didn't find God then, but he could see God in the men that walked past him. Sometimes the encounter you need is with an usher. And you are walking to the church, and then you think the usher is not a blessing. His job is not to show you where to sit. He's also a servant in the house of God. The usher can just give you the blessing that you've not had for many years. Many times, the encounter you are looking for is with the janitor. And then somehow, somewhere, God leads you to go there. And then as you go there, hello ma, you look at him. Who is this person? The way you look at him, even the word of the Lord he brought to you, he will, he will take it back. He will just take his word back quietly because of the fear that will fall upon him. Because many can't discern. It takes discernment and honor to receive encounters with men. And the easiest encounter you will have is with men. The easiest way to meet God is through a man. Because every day you have men talking to you. And God is not just invested in one man. God is invested in multiple dimensions in many men. If you are humble enough and remove the lens of pride and discern and honor, you'll be amazed how rapid your life can go. Most of the great changes that I experienced in my life were encounters I had with men. Some of them I didn't even have the privilege of meeting them directly. But when I heard what they produced, I sat down and I took my time. And when I want to listen to certain messages, I say, Lord, I want to meet you. I want to meet you. You sent this man to this generation. What is the word he has for me? And then through a man that I've never met, I will just step into promotion. Because while he's yet speaking, he releases the word for my season. And my spirit man catches it. 
You may never meet them in your lifetime, but they will be the ones to change your story. Have you not seen men that were changed by people who have died? Just by taking their books, you just discern that this came from the Lord. And as you are flipping through the book, suddenly you hear something that defines your life. Because you discern a grace. Our generation is too arrogant. Many times when you hear what people say online, you, be, you, you are afraid for this generation. A patriarch that has labored in the corridor of the kingdom for 30 years. A boy who is not even 30 years old is talking arrogantly without fear to such a person. Because even their own parents are told they don't honor. And when you come for conferences like this, everybody is waiting for something, for something to move. No. No. Many times what you need, you already have. You just need to discern it. Because what you have been looking for is always around the corner. I tell you, I've dishonored the things around me for many years and I paid dearly for them. I kept seeking things, laboring for those things, and many times when I labor, it doesn't work. Today, people will stand up and travel for 12 hours, coming to look for a man of God, and they will say, the Holy Ghost told me to come and meet him. And when they travel and wait for two weeks, they will not see the man of God, and they will go back. But their own pastor that they are living with, the Holy Ghost will never tell them to see their pastor. He travels from Lagos to Makodi with faith that hey, if he comes, he will see him and he will change his life. And then he's coming on the road, he speaks in tongues throughout the journey. And when he comes to Makodi, everybody is talks to. Nobody wants to give him attention. After two weeks, when he's exhausted, he will go back. Because he cannot discern the people around him. He thinks he's the one who is far or the one who has a big name. That we change the story. Many times it doesn't work like that. Our generation has been robbed of encounters because we lack discernment and because we lack honor. We dishonor everybody, we take everybody for granted, and we lack encounters. And so the quality of our lives don't change. We keep walking in confusion, not knowing our purpose and our calling. We keep walking struggling in life when everything we need has already been invested, but we can't discern it. Most of us in this service tonight, we will tell the Lord, help me. My pride has robbed me of too many things. My pride has robbed me. Help me. Most of us, we make up our minds in this service and say, so long as this person is human, I will honor him. That's why the Bible says, honor all men. Honor all men. It's a law in the spirit. Honor all men. Not only the people you think are relevant. The encounter that changed Joseph's life was with a certain man. He would have been lost in the jungle. And he said he met a certain man. There are men that God don't give name deliberately. You read the Bible, you always see of a certain man. Every time you meet a certain man, that means he's a messenger with your encounter. You may have met many great men, but the certain men of your life, make sure you don't miss them when you collide with them. Because they may carry the word that will change your story. Number two, encounters with God. There are four laws that make for encounter with the Father. The first is the law of bodies. When the Spirit wants to encounter you, 
there are many dynamics of the spirit that is activated. Spirits will always woo you to where they are. So most times, when a spirit wants to encounter you, he will first of all initiate either a body or a summon in your spirit man. You may be doing and living your life comfortably until one day you lose your peace. And you are finding out what is the matter. And there is no cognitive word to interact, to interpret it. A spirit is beginning to summon you. When a generation does not understand the language of bodies, there will be scarcity of encounters. Many are hoping that the Lord will walk into their bedroom and encounter them. But most times, God is summoning you from Egypt to Horeb. But the bodies he brings to your spirit, you trivialize them. You wake up in the morning, it looks like you want to, you want to eat. And then when you went to touch the food, the food becomes like a sin. You want to eat it, it looks like a sin. There is an encounter at the corridor. So the Holy Ghost is trying to get you to turn to Him. If you fail to pay attention to that body, you will abort an encounter. Moses was in Egypt doing very well. He was one of the candidates that will become princes or kings to inherit Pharaoh, to succeed Pharaoh. But the day came, all of a sudden, Moses was troubled. Why are the Israelites being malhandled? I am also an Israelite. He thought it was a body. He stepped out and he wanted to kill every Egyptian. It was not about killing an Egyptian. The encounter of his destiny was coming to him in form of a body. And Moses would not interpret, interpret it correctly. How many Egyptians will you kill? It was not about the Egyptians. It was about the calling that was upon his life. So when God wanted to turn his attention and draw him from Egypt, he put a burden in his heart. In that dissatisfaction, he was supposed to seek God. There are times when you sit down, you become dissatisfied with the state of your family. How come people are struggling to get married while we are beautiful? It's not about marriage. An encounter is inviting you. Many times you sit down. Why are deaths in this family? It's not about the death. An encounter is inviting you. Many times you are troubled. Why is nobody succeeding? Are we not supposed to? Are we not good enough? An encounter is inviting you. When a body begins to come to your spirit, shut down. That's a man who understands the law of body and begins to entreat the Lord. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Not long enough as you service that body, you will begin to hear sounds. So many other elements that travel to your space with that body will begin to lend themselves to you. And you stood up before. The body was about death. The body was about lack of success. And you started praying. You started praying. After a while, that same body now begins to talk to you in intangible but very cognitive terms. Add fasting to this prayer. And then you added fasting. You don't know what you are doing. You have fasted for 20 days. You don't even know why you are fasting. But the body will not go. And as you are servicing that body in prayer and in fasting, when you read the 30th day, you say, add worship. And then you add worship. You didn't know what you were doing. At the end of the day, you are climbing Horeb. It's a 40 days journey. You are climbing. You are not aware. If you continue for a while, you will discover that you will hit insanity in the spirit. And one day, the same prayers you have been praying, the same fasting you have been fasting, while you are yet fasting, you will encounter the Father and He will begin to speak to you. And that day the Father will let you know the death was an excuse to bring you to the mountain of encounter. 
Daniel said, I understood by books that the years of captivity of Israel was supposed to be 70. And then he began to entreat the Lord for 21 days. He thought he was praying for Israel's deliverance. When he prayed for 21 days, an angel showed up. He said, I was giving speed to fly fast, to meet you and to give you skill and understanding. So the prayer activated an encounter with a cherubim. But Daniel thought it was a body. Most of the encounters that would have changed your life, they came to you in form of bodies, but you were not aware. So you aborted them. You woke up in the morning, you felt like fasting. You say, oh boy, this is no easy. Maybe tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow may not be the Kairos moment. Tomorrow may not be the Kairos moment. Tomorrow, tomorrow. No. It's not everybody that will encounter God in a conference. It's not everybody that will encounter God by laying on of hands. We have different ways of responding to God. And God knows the way he fabricated you in the studio of eternity. So many times, he knows the language that will reach you fast is the language of body. Because you are a man that pay attention to details. And he brought body, but you aborted it. How many bodies have we aborted that have denied us life-changing encounters? Many things waiting in the spirit, but we can't travel there. We can't travel there. When Moses left Egypt for 40 years, he kept that body in his heart. He kept it until one day the Bible said he went to the backside of the desert. And as he was there, he saw a bush body that was not consumed. The first thing God began to do was to talk to him about Israel. Because God knew that was the body of his heart. How many bodies will our generation abort? The devil knows this intelligence. That's why when you look around you, everywhere is littered with distractions. Those are bodies abort us. You had a body, and all of a sudden, you step into the parlor, and they are watching a seasonal movie. And then you sit down and say, After a while, you say, wait. You now sit. After a while, you now bring your pillow and lie down. You didn't know that that was a clinical abortion taking place. When you finish watching that seasonal movie, you will stand up, and the body you carried from the bedroom, you can't find it anymore. You will go back to your religious prayer. Shabba, 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 shabba. You will do shabba, shabba, shabba for another three years because you lost the Kairos moment. Many don't enter the gates of encounter. We believe so much in activities. Powerful men are not just given to activities. They are given to moments. Did you not see the man that was at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years? You know it's a man of activity. Because even when Jesus came in the flesh, he couldn't discern him. He said, would you be made whole? He said, I've been here for 38 years. They didn't ask you for how long you have been here. Activities have distracted you. Would you be made whole? I've been here for 30 years. Who asked you how long you have been here? That's why every time the water is dead, that's when he's distracted. And that you are there for 40 years will not create any change. There are locations of the spiritual ready. When your kindness moment come, will you know? Jesus said in Luke 19.44, He said there will be gnashing of teeth. He said the city will be besieged on every side. He said many will weep. Why? Because they know not the times of their visitation. When men are preparing for war, that's when some go to have pleasure. And he said, woe unto you if your prince is a child and eat for pleasure and not for strength. It's not every night that men should sleep. There are certain nights 
that a burden comes upon you. If you need to put your leg in water to create the money, put your leg in water. By all means, have that encounter. Every time there is an alteration in spiritual frequency, make sure you isolate the counsel of God that came with it. That's what will make your life relevant. You can be promoted in the spirit seven times in one year if you can maximize it. That's why you look at certain men. You say, ah, why is God favoring this person? God is not a respecter of person. The man just knows how to maximize spiritual moments. If God favors men, he would have been biased. But God is not biased. The man has seven encounters in one year. He entered all of them. You, you have 13 encounters. You entered one. How do you think you can be the same with that man? You may disciple him in Bible school. He can become your pastor. Bodies. The language of bodies. They are not tangible, but they are heavy. No man can deny it. So God himself will put it upon you. Even if you are sleeping, sometimes God wakes you up in the night. And you don't know why you woke up. You try to play music to sleep. You can't sleep. Be wise. There's an angel locking by the corner. There's a message from heaven. There's a message. When you find out that un unexplainable things begin to happen around your life, shut down your natural elements. Because you need to heighten your spiritual propensity. Attendance to body is one of the ways of maximizing spiritual realities. But many don't know the language of bodies. They say, I, didn't, I don't know how I was feeling. You don't know how you were feeling. It's a language of the spirit. Find out what it means. Go on your knees. Take a fast. Quickly. Because the window has opened in the spirit. Sometimes the difference between life and death is a whisper. You want to travel, you are about boarding the plane, and the body hits you. Ah, the way of spiritual men, we are mad. A body hits you, and you step back. I know I paid a hundred thousand for the flight, but Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? Am I not supposed to climb the air this afternoon? What are you saying? And you check in your spirit, and they say, travel not. Don't go. You turn back, and you call the person, I'm sorry, I can't come. I can't come. I don't know what is happening. But I've followed this language for many years and it never fails. I can't come. You're about entering a business transaction and the body hits you. Ah, wait. What are you saying? I know in this business I should make 300% but there's a body. If I don't service this body, I take no step. Because I know the difference between life and death is my ability to interpret this body. If I can interpret this body, it doesn't matter how far my mates have gone. There is a technology in the spirit called the hand of God. When Elijah sends body, he knelt down there. And when the body was met, he said the hand of God came upon Elijah. He outran the chariots of Ahab, even unto Jezreel. It doesn't matter who took off first. At the end of the day, we will get there. And some will go there by chariots. Some will go there by whirlwind. The man who goes by chariots can live first. But the man who travels with the wind, even if he moves at the 11th hour, he will still get there. He will get there. And so what he will do is that he will wait to understand the movements of the wind. 
That's why David never heard it to battle. He said, when you see the mulberry tree move, I have gone ahead of you. The army can be at the backyard shouting. David will still be consulting with the urine and the tomb. They say you are left. Give me time. Man Marianda Kira. There's a language of the spirit I'm trying to decipher. It came as a body. It's an encoded language. Sometimes the word of your destiny it comes in form of take care of a sin. It's a language of angels. So you can't just know it with your mind. You need to go back to the corridor of the spirit where the language came from and find out what does this code mean. And you will go back. Makoria. I'm not 35 years. And this is the only sutra that came in 15 years. I will still not rush. If I sense the body, I will interpret it. Because it's not who marries first that makes him pack. It's who marries according to the will of God. And as you are praying, after a while, you will break into chants. And you will be chanting in your room. And sometimes, while you are here praying, you find yourself running. That running that you are running is not physical running. You are covering mileage in the spirit. You are covering dimension in the spirit. And you will wake up out of a sudden. Those who started 20 years ago, they will become your disciples. And you say, what happened? While I was interpreting body, I went ahead in the spirit. Instead of dealing with bodies, we allow anxiety to take place. No, you can't be defeated in life. Just move with the Holy Ghost. Move with the Holy Ghost. Move with the Holy Ghost. You will get there. You will get there. Many destinies are being truncated because they didn't pay attention to bodies. They didn't pay attention. It doesn't matter if your friend is doing well. He's on his own lane. And his own economy is different. Thank God for his life. But focus on yours. Stay where you are. It may go 10 years ahead of you. It's not a body. Just stay where you are. Maile. Ome. Koko. Ragagagata. In the parade. Maybe your friend's ministry is in Abuja. But God wants you to affect the world. A man who is sent to Abuja will not move at the same time with the man who is sent to affect the world. So even though your friend is making impact in Abuja today, your own catchment area is the glow. That's why when Lot looked quickly and too sudden, he went to destruction. Abraham waited. My, my goal is not where there is green pasture. I'm an inheritor of the whole world. And when he waited, even Sodom became his possession. Lot was in Sodom, but Lot didn't have power over Sodom. Abraham never stepped to Sodom, but where he stood with God, he inherited Sodom. And when God wanted to destroy Sodom, he said, Will I do a thing without telling my servant Abraham? And God came to Abraham to seek permission to destroy Sodom. And when God was going to Sodom, Abraham said, Wait, Lord, wait, wait. 
I am not in Sodom, but I want to intercede for Sodom. What if you find 50 righteous men? How come Lot, who was in Sodom, didn't have power to intercede for Sodom? Because you don't have to be in Sodom to win Sodom. What if you find 40 righteous men? What if you find 30 righteous men? What did you find? 20. The man had inherited Sodom from Bethel. Because he knew. When Lot was rushing, Kai, according to permutation, Sodom had green pasture. Abraham was waiting for the Holy Ghost. And when God came, he said, lift up your eyes. Anything you see belongs to you. And can I shock you? Abraham didn't just inherit his generation. Even you and I, we are the seeds of Abraham. Body. The second law of encounter is the law of seeking. A spirit will never reveal himself to you until you seek him with the whole of your heart. And when a man is seeking with the whole of his heart, there's a way he goes about it. So the spirit knows you. He knows the last time you wanted to marry, you were talking on phone till 3 a.m. And you had power over sleep. So, <laughs> 3 a.m., you are still agile. Oh, and the lady said, I want to sleep, I'm tired. It's okay, in the next five minutes. Five minutes will always be 50 minutes. 50 minutes will be three hours. Now you want to see God. You say, Lord, I seek you with all my heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes of sleep. You are joking. When you were looking for a contract, you could sit down with all the price and you followed the 4 a.m. in the morning looking for God. The spirit knows how you seek things with all your heart. So when you come to seek Him, the same tenacity and focus with which you used to seek that lady, with which you used to seek that contract, until you hit that quota in the spirit, you will not get that spirit's attention. That's why I said you will seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with the whole of your heart, I know how you seek things with the whole of your heart. When you wanted to impress that man, if he says he's coming by 2 p.m., you start preparing from 8 a.m. You go and cut your nails, you do all the eyelashes, you put your foundation, you buy a new gown, you iron it, and then God tells you there's a meeting by 6, and you wait until 5.40. You now start running, where's my clothes? Where's my... You don't know what you're doing. And then when you come to church, you now lift your hands, and you are crying, I need you. When he looks at you, you'll be laughing. When the man said he was coming, you prepared for 8 hours. Now you want to come for service. You use five minutes and you run into service. You say, Jesus, you know I love you. Uh, uh, Why you finish that biochemical reaction? Clean your face and seek God. You that was looking for job, they told you that the venue of the interview is eight kilometers. You were there by 5.40 a.m. You traveled for eight kilometers. You came before they opened the office. Now you say you are seeking God. And service will go for one hour before you stroll in and say, God, Abuja, Abuja, I don't understand this city. I don't understand this city. But the city could not tell you when you were looking for a job. Now that you are seeking God, the city can tell you. When you become serious, you will find Him. The Bible said, God hides Himself in the deep dark. 
in Exodus chapter 20 verse 21. He said, Moses stepped into the deep darkness where God was. They are men that have sought him in the storm and in the rain. They have sought him in the light and in the dark. So God can't hide himself from them anymore. When God finds such a man, he will invest himself to him as a token. That's why he told Abraham, I am your spirit and your exceeding great reward. There is a level you must find God to. As a testimony that is your greatest motivation. It's your greatest desire. You must find God and your quest for him must surpass every other. Because you were looking for a job. You went for 400 days fasting. You were looking for a husband. You went for prayer meetings for one full year. You did vigil. You didn't sleep once. Now that you are married, vigils have become for young, young people. When they say fast, you say, Kai, when you are fasting, please add wisdom. Because you can have ulcer. But you didn't think of ulcer when you were looking for job. We deceive ourselves. And we don't know that God is an immortal spirit. He knows your intention. He knows your thoughts. He knows your propensities. And when you channel them towards him, he knows. When it comes to work, you have time. But when it comes to God, you don't have time. You will never find him. 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 The law of seeking God is the law of hunger. You are never satisfied. I want more. I want more. You just come from a miracle service. Everybody is talking about the miracles. You go back home, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. You are never satisfied. As touching the receipt of God, you are never satisfied. You will chase him and keep seeking him until the day you leave this world. That's a man who is ready for encounter. And I tell you, when you manage these things well, a point will come, you will begin to live in the realm of encounters. Because Jesus, I told them in the morning, he wasn't having encounters anymore. He said, the son of man, which is in heaven, he lives there. He lives there. We want to change our world. It's no joke. The things happening in this country, it's not just because men are wicked. Men have encountered wicked spirits, strange demons. You see pregnant women being butchered. You think it's wickedness. There are princes of wickedness that have encountered men. Made people become psychopaths and sociopaths. They no longer have conscience. You want to contend with such men, you think it's English language. You call it English language because few people can clap for you. In the realm of the spirit, they don't hear English. They hear spirit and life. What is the weight of witness that you bring? You see young ladies that are fornicated and live as prostitutes for five years. You think English language will change them? Do you know the complex, dark and godly that have been set in motion in political corridors? You think we will just stand and say, Nigeria will be great again. And Nigeria will become great. Do you know the spirits that have appeared to men in power? Do you know the covenants that men have entered with demons? When we come for encounter services like this, we have come to a place where we will never go back. We have made up our mind 
that until our God appears as a consuming fire, we will not go back because there's a generation that depends on our work with God. The reason we can serve God today is because men after us paid the price and we have no right to live here until we pay the price to secure a heritage for the next generation. Encounters are not a joke. They are tokens for spiritual men that pay prices in the spirit. The laws of encounters. The laws of encounters. A day will come when politicians will be prophets. Senators will be apostles. Because they will not be told about God. They will know him personally. A day will come where ditches will no longer be for the poor members of the church. Even the wealthy will come for vigils and they will pray till morning because they have a relationship with God. A day will come when evangelism will no longer be for children. Even men of reputation will go to the street and win souls because they are servants of God. Because God is not raising superstars. He's raising an army. He's raising a warrior church. And every one of us must come to the point of willingness to pay the price. We are not preachers. We are not singers. We are witnesses to our generation. And the reason we are witnesses is because we've had encounters that bring us to that point where we can demonstrate that which is there. We are out of time. I just started ascending and we are out of time. It's a body. The third law of encounter is the law of standing in the presence. He said to Elijah, Go and stand on the mountain and I will appear to you. I will show myself before you. When men don't build capacity in prayer, they will never have encounters with God. Encounters are tokens for men who service the altar. He said, as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. Your desire encounters, your altars must come alive. Your altars must come alive. Nothing inspires me in scripture more than men that have power on the altar. Anybody can preach. You can leave a Bible school and become a great preacher. You can be an orator and become a great preacher. But it takes spiritual stamina to be a man of prayer. Because in the realm of God's power is not the ability to raise the dead. Because people don't die there. In the realm of God's power is not the ability to heal the sick. Because people don't fall sick there. In the realm of God, power is the ability to stand in the presence. That's why I said the four beasts, day and night, forever and ever, they stand before God. And they have one testimony. Holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord. When God finds such men, He gives them His presence as a token. And that's why when Gabriel came to Zacharias, he said, I am Gabriel that standeth in the presence. Because in the realm of God, that is a scepter. It's a place of power that a man can stand. Many times, when you want to find out your capacity in the spirit, it's not about preaching. You can preach a series for four weeks, but go and stand before God for ten hours. That's when you will know those who have capacity. Men who can travel. Because when you want to stand in the presence, it's like ascending the mountains of God. Many times, Moses will climb Sinai for 40 days. He's climbing. He will fall. He will climb. When you ascend Sinai, Sinai is over 6,000 feet tall. Your legs will be blistered. Your hands will be blistered. It takes hunger, power, and a state of not compromising to be able to stand in the presence. And Moses will labor until he gets there. And when he gets there, God doesn't even show up. He will still carry for six days. And when God descends on that mountain, when God descends, Moses doesn't return as a mortar. He returns as a mortar. And he said, even Moses wished not that his face began to shine. He had paid too many prices for God not to allocate a measure of his presence to him as a weapon. When Moses walks through a city, his word is law. With a staff, he could part the Red Sea. He had become a creature that could not be explained because of the texture of encounters that he paid the price for. He went through prayer. He tarried on the mountain until God appeared. There are men who will hold on to him and say, I will not let you go. I will not. He's stamina in the spirit. You want to find strong men. They are not on the pulpit. They are on the altar. Anybody can be on the pulpit. But when you find men on the altar, they are genuine men. He said the priest must put wood on it every morning. The fire on the altar must not be put out. The reason our Christianity is weak and psychological is because we don't have men of prayer. When men build capacity on the altar, it will be commonplace. When you come to such meetings, you won't find sick people. Because when they stay in the presence for long, their body, the molecular structure of their body will be altered. When they stay, when you, you can't talk to that kind of church, because nobody will be naive. When you are talking about the spirit realm, they know, because that's their everyday life. You can't come and say, an angel appear, they live there. And if you begin to lie, they will look at you like this. They will know you are a joker. Because even the realm where they are sent to, you have not reached there. The church that God is raising is a praying church. Because very soon, our meetings will not be in auditoriums. It will be in the spirit. The witches have gone too far. Witches enter meetings through, through trees. They knew how to travel to the spirit realm. And today, we are still struggling. Trying to get things done in the flesh. Meanwhile, our counterparts in the negative supernatural have gone far. When they go for their meetings, they don't carry cars there. They appear. They appear in the meeting. And it's not a testimony. If I appear on this altar, I assure you everybody will run. But in the demonic covenant, it's a normative. They know the spiritual. Some people, they pray a whole year to encounter the devil. When you tell believers, let's go on 40 days fasting, they say, what? What do you mean? That's why we are weak. We have no power in the spirit. In the demonic realm, even the least in the demonic covenant comes to the meeting by teleporting. And we today, we are still quoting Philip, went to Samaria. Philip and the Holy Ghost took him to Asotok. 
because of where we are in spiritual economy. We have not graduated because we don't have men to pay the price. We don't have men. You say you are a young man and you have no power in the spirit. What is your strength for? Is here right unto you, young man, because you are strong. The word of the Lord abides in you. You have overcome the evil one. Today, young men are still looking for direction. How can you be looking for direction? Your prime. This is your prime. How can you be seeking direction? You should have ascended the mountain and you know your future. That no false prophet can come to deceive you. When they talk to you, look at them and say, Sir, I know where I'm going. I wasn't told by a man. I saw it in the mountain. I can tell you where I will be in the next 30 years. I saw it. That's the beauty of young men. They know where to deploy their strength. And when a young man comes out, the glory of a young man is the glory of the spirit that he carries. The power that he mirrors. When you want to find young men, you should find them on the altar. That's when there is a hope for a generation. Not young men that talk and back different kinds of haircuts and they are followers on Facebook. We need men that can change things on the altar. Then you know that a generation has hope. When young men gather, it's not gossip. Unfortunately, our generation today, when young men gather, they are either talking football or they are gossiping. And they can talk about Chelsea and Man United for 10 hours. That's why we are oblivious in the spirit. We are oblivious of spiritual things. It's a shame that you find a thousand Christians and you can't find 20 of them that can walk in the spirit comfortably. It means our Christianity has not begun to touch matters of eternity. Our pursuits are wrong and our motivations are not serviced. In the day of the power of God, men will walk in the realm of encounter because prayer will become the breath that they breathe. That's why even in the, in the soccer way, Jeremiah was prophesying. He no longer lived by bread. There is another economy that powers him. There's another economy. I need to pray now. I need to pray now. The fourth law of encounter is the law of service. Samuel remained in the temple and God appeared to him. We don't want to serve in our generation. We want to appear on b-boards and put our hands like this. <laughs> and the child, Samuel, served the Lord in the temple. It was by the altar in the temple that God called him. Samuel, 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 Samuel. They know the honor of service. Our generation can't serve nobody. They can't serve anywhere. Everybody wants to be the happening person. People don't happen. God reveals them. Forget this idea of seeing a man and running to remove his body and, and hold it like this. You have the Bible in your hand, you have a house, and you have not held it. It's a man's body you came to remove. I've been touched. I know demons can be cast out by such contact, but there is honor in service. He said, The greatest of you all is the one who is the servant of all. I heard Benahim spoke. He said, if his father and the Lord was still alive, he will still be serving him till today. Because men don't outgrow service. There are many things service represents in the spirit. Men don't outgrow service. You want to live in the realm of encounters, 
you must know how to service bodies. You want to live in the realm of encounters, you must know the way of service. You want to live in the realm of encounters, you must know how to see God with all your heart, without hypocrisy. You want to live in the realm of encounters, you must know the way of prayer. But just in case you don't pay that price, your life will not amount to much. Because even the scriptures have revealed to us that many generations came and went. There were only few men. Hope you know that there were many men that were not written about in scripture. It's only those who made the mark that were written about. That means in the chronicles of God, they don't write everybody. They don't talk about everybody. It's those who made the difference. Because the whole generation can be called the time of John. There may be a thousand prophets, but they didn't know them. They have titles. They don't have impact. So as far as the heavens are concerned, only John made a mark. So they said, everybody that is there, we will call you John. Until the time, John. May you not be captured in John. Have your identity in the spirit. I want us to pray now. I know you had a lot of impartations. But I came to tell you certain truths that will trouble you. So that when you leave here, the conference will not end when it ends. You will carry it with you. You will carry it with you. You will know what to do. You want to talk to the Lord for two minutes. I will pray God will touch people. I will pray. And we don't need to shout it will happen. But I want you to pray for two minutes. You know, hear me. These four things I shared, you may not experience four of them, but God knows the one that he has been visiting you with. Some of you is bodies. You have aborted with movies. Some people have aborted their bodies on Facebook and on YouTube and on Instagram. The Holy Ghost is talking, but there's a good background. And when they snap and put, they want to follow the light for three hours. And they are comparing it with the previous lights. They are becoming popular. And then, while they are gaining popularity and traction in the natural, they are losing popularity in the spiritual. Because after a while, the angels will stop coming. Because we came ten times, it didn't amount to anything. There's a brother praying in Sokoto. Let's go to him. But it's not your portion. Ask the Lord for an encounter.
You are mighty on your feet. You reign, you reign, you reign. You reign, you reign, you There's a spiritual quorum about to be formed here. Ushers, you will help me quickly because we are out of time. I need to lay hands on this one. There are 24 persons that the Lord is visiting with an encounter. And He will give them a scepter of authority in the spirit. Because they are about to be launched to different cadres and different territories and different realms as witnesses of the last day they are 24 father in the name of jesus in the name of jesus you can just be quiet the lord will fall upon you some of you will start crying some of you will be slain some of you the energy of god will literally rest on you. Your hands, your bodies will be vibrating. You can't contain yourself. Because it's just a sign. There are scepters about to be handed over. Because we need men in government. So you begin to help them, ushers. We need men in the academy. We need men in banks, and banking and finance. We need men all over. Even on the pulpit, there is a depletion of our number. Holy Ghost! Now! Ushers, help me bring them here. Holy Ghost, I call you forth by the Spirit. I call you forth. 24 powers. They are men that will weave the powers of the ages to come. Among us and in our ranks, they are men that will speak in the order and in the wisdom of their God. They are men that will have power to change civilization, to alter paradigms. There's a move of the spirit, don't go in now. Please don't be distracted, please. Just focus. You are mighty on your throne. You reign, you reign, you reign, you reign. Some of you are receiving political scepters. Some of you are receiving economic scepters. You will have power in business. Power. Help him so it's not in job. Power. Some of you are receiving authorities on the altar. You will become like camels. When you squat there, you will be time. You will journey into dimensions of the spirit. Touch.
Kadosh, Kadosh, you are my Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Please listen. Listen, please. Around here, there's an angel of healing moving here and anointing people. Hear me? Ushers, please. Pick three people that God will begin to fall upon radically. There's an angel. And let me tell you, it's not only anointing people. People are already beginning to be healed. Look on this road. One, two, three. This road. There's somebody here that has a heart condition. Your heart palpitates. And there's a pain that has refused to go. Somewhere around here. Who is the person? Somewhere around here. Please lift your hand. Let me see you. Come. There's an angel of healing. He's walking around here. That's why I know what he's doing. And some of you have been anointed. As I speak now, the hand of God will fish you out. And the power to heal the sick and to address sicknesses will come upon you. Now, ushers, find them. Touch. of time. Now, because that ministration is going on, sick, sicknesses are about to be dealt with. I wish you knew that we don't have to shout for things to happen. I wish you knew. Sicknesses are about to be addressed. Literal growths are about to leave people's bodies. Literally. Arthritis pains. Deathly conditions, eye conditions are about to be healed right now. Blood conditions. Because when God visits, it, it, it does good. It's in the business of philanthropy. Father, in the name of Jesus. Just keep it low. Because if we get intense, we can't manage time. There's somebody here. Around this place, I'm pointing. You have a condition with your breast, like a growth. Come. The Lord wants to heal you now. Please be sensitive. Close to this guy wearing a black long sleeve. There's somebody that has an issue with your throat. Like a pain or something you can't swallow. Like an inf infection in the neck. Come. Spirits of infirmities, be bound. Spirits of sickness, be bound. Your yoke 
and your chains are broken. There's somebody with a shoulder condition here. A shoulder, shoulder cup. A shoulder condition here. You are being healed. Chains of sickness be broken. Where this brother is standing, there's somebody there with a heart condition. Here. Somewhere here. Who is the person? Somewhere here. Just wave at me. There's something in your chest. Please come. Deafening spirits be bound. Blinding devils be bound. Demons causing arthritis be bound. In the name of Jesus. Your hold is broken. I see. Ears hear. Pains go. Growth vanish. In the name of Jesus. I come. Oh my God. There's somebody being healed of fibroid. Wait, wait, wait. Don't. Somewhere here. Fibroid. You are the one? Please come. You are healed. Pains go. In the name of Jesus. I cause pains. Go in the name of Jesus. I cause it. There's somebody there. You are wearing something like ash. You have a kidney condition. You are being healed. Don't worry. Where's the person? Somewhere around the back. Something that looks like ash or a dark color. You are the one? Please come. You are being healed. Thank you, Father. Who asked? You have a chronic back pain. You sit down, you can't stand. It looks as if your back is locked. The Lord is healing somebody here. Who is the person? You're the one? You're the one? Please come. Don't worry. Just come. You're free. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. Be healed. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, receive your healing. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. In the name of Jesus. There are 21 people being anointed for wealth. A grace will fall upon you now as I'm speaking. The angel will begin to minister to them. There are 21 persons being anointed for wealth. The wisdom to get wealth. The tenacity to get wealth. The eyes of prosperity. In the name of the Lord Jesus, receive that impartation. Receive that impartation. The cost, the cost that reduces people to nothingness, abject poverty, chronic waste is being judged right now. I approve those powers. I silence those altars. In the name of Jesus, arise and prosper. Arise and prosper. Father, thank you. Thank you. I'm seeing people being settled maritally. I sense that energy so strong down here. People being settled maritally. But he sent his word to Jacob, enlightened upon Israel. Everybody here trusting God for marital settlement. Receive that settlement now. Receive that settlement. 
receive that settlement in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Most of you that have worked with reproach in the next three months, what will happen to you will be greater than what has happened to you in the last ten years. The greatest testimonies that will come from this conference are testimonies of breakthroughs. You have been in this city and it looks as if you have been swallowed up. Your light has come. You are about to shine. You are about to shine. And in the name of Jesus, come into the live light. Come into the live light. The power to get well rests upon you now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Men are walking in favor. You will know the difference between favor and hard work. The things you qualify for, the things you do not qualify for, they will come to you by free course. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You were blessed by the message you just listened to and wish to make Jesus your Lord and personal Savior. Kindly repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, and that He died for my sins and was raised from the dead for my justification. I therefore confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I am born again. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. If you just say this prayer, please send us an email on amodiscipleship at gmail.com or reach us on our website orocomichael.com to enable us to reach you and afford us the privilege to disciple you. God bless you.